Simeon and Anna. Mary and Joseph loved God and wanted to obey him. When Jesus was forty days old, they traveled from Bethlehem to the temple in Jerusalem to dedicate him to God. They knew Jesus was a gift from God. In the temple, there was a man named Simeon. One day, while Simeon was younger, God told him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. When Simeon saw Jesus, he held him in his arms and began to praise God. He said, My eyes have seen your salvation. There was another person in the temple that day. Her name was Anna. Anna was 84 and a widow. She stayed in the temple praying and fasting every day and night. Anna was a prophetess. As soon as she saw Jesus, she thanked God for sending the Savior. Simeon and Anna saw Jesus and knew he was God's promised Savior. Mary and Joseph were amazed. Simeon blessed them and spoke to Mary and Joseph about Jesus' future. This was a very special day. The long wait for a Savior was finished. Well, good morning. Good to see everybody. I think we're settled down now. Um, Happy New Year. Somebody pointed out earlier that it's 12-31-23, so one, two, three, one, two, three day. Um, so do with that what you will, uh, whatever, whatever that means. Uh, but we are, we are glad that you're with us as we, as we finish off this 2023 year and kind of anticipate 2024 barreling in like a freight train, I'm sure, um, like, like every year seems to do. As we go along, I hope that you were here last week for our, our Christmas Eve candlelight service. What a beautiful moment of worship that was. And thank you to everybody that was a part of that and helped make that such a special time in the life of our church. My name's Jason. I'm one of the, the ministers here. And today we're going to finish out this sermon series. We've been doing the, the promise of Christmas. And we're going to do that by reflecting on, or if you were here last week, pondering this little story that we just heard. Uh, you know, sometimes I think the, the simplest version of a story is sometimes the most profound. And I just love this little video of the story of Mary and Joseph bringing baby Jesus into the temple and meeting Simeon and Anna. And so we're going to talk about them today. When my wife and I were young parents and had little bitties, we had kind of the, the life-changing experience and opportunity to have a young woman from the country of Rwanda come live with us for a little while. She had come over to the, the States for college. She had met my mom and dad through that and had kind of become part of our extended family. I don't think she knew what she was getting into, but she became part of our family. And after college, she was settling in Dallas and she needed a place to stay while she got settled. Uh, and we were the only people she knew. And so she came and lived with us. And then even after she moved out, she would come over on the weekends and we would spend time with her. And one of the most beautiful things about that is that my wife and I got to watch a relationship develop between her and our two little girls who were pretty small at the time. And we got to see them just fall in love with each other over the years. My girls began to think of her, I don't know, as a big sister or an aunt, and just to watch their interactions uh, when she would come to the house, how they would play together, uh, how she would spend her time telling them stories, answering questions, uh, and just having fun with them. 
That was a beautiful relationship for us to watch unfold. I share that because this past week, we went down to my parents for Christmas. And that young woman, who's now married and has two little kids of her own, brought the whole family down and spent Christmas with our family. And we got to see that full circle relationship. We got to see her little kids, who are about two and eight months, fall in love with our 14 and 16-year-old. We got to watch them play together. This kind of beautiful relationship that just seemed to happen. There was just a bond there. At one point, I got to sit and watch my youngest, who's 14, playing with her oldest, who's two, little girl. And they were doing what you do with the toddler, which is the same thing over and over and over again, right? And as they did that, they got to laughing and just having the, the most beautiful time. And for them, I'm sure it was just playing, right? But for me, as a dad sitting there watching, there was a lot wrapped up in that little image. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting overly sentimental as I get older, something's happening. Uh, there was an emotional moment for me as I watched this. Something came over me. And it was this sense of knowing that there was a lot packed in that, that image of my daughter and her daughter playing together. There were so many stories of the past, so many stories that I know of God's work to bring that relationship to a place where it could even exist, an unlikely relationship. God had worked in the world and this had happened. But it wasn't just the past, there was something about the future that I felt too. And in that moment, I could just have this sense of a beautiful future for the two of these girls. That maybe one day their families would get to know each other. That this relationship would continue. Maybe they'd get their full circle moment. I don't know. It was just this feeling of a beautiful future. Now, the only word that I can put to this feeling, I'm not always good at naming my emotions. This one, I think I can call hope. There was something about this that was a deep, deep hope. And as I reflect on that, it kind of it pops out to me how often I don't think about hope. How often maybe it's tempting for us to even live without hope because we just don't think about it. We don't, we don't have those thoughts of what a future might look like. You know, because, and, and this is, uh, you know, I think we can say this, um, when you look at the world, when you look at the news or you're doom scrolling your phone or whatever it is, and you see the things that are going on or we, we, uh, we go through times of suffering and pain in our own lives or loss, there may be times when it's easy for us to even lose hope, to wonder if there is any hope and we just kind of go into survival mode. And for some people, that leads to despair. I think for the rest of us, it just kind of leads to us not thinking about the future much. Because if we think about it too much, it becomes overwhelming. So we just kind of live in the moment, live in the day. Now, I know this is kind of heavy stuff to begin a post-Christmas sermon with, okay? Uh, I get that. But I also know that many of you may be there in one of those places. Maybe you're in a place where you are in despair. Or maybe you're in a place where you just kind of don't think about the future much. 
just kind of surviving the moment day to day. Or maybe there's another option here too, right? Some of us, I think, have some hope for the future, but it's based on what we can do and what we can control. So I have some pretty good feelings about the future because of the money I have saved up or my skill set or uh, the, the, the situation that we've surrounded ourselves in or whatever it is. I gotta tell you, the feeling that I had watching my daughter play with this little girl was way beyond that. It wasn't that. It was a hope that went beyond that. And I think this story of Simeon and Anna is a story that's supposed to inspire in us that kind of deep hope. And I wanna walk through it just a little bit today. We're gonna to ponder this story a little bit, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna walk through it and I'll show you what I mean. Um, this story you find in the Gospel of Luke. Luke writes this story and Luke is very intentional with how he writes. He wants his stories to do something to you. And so I kinda of want us to see what does he want this uh, to do for us. So he writes this story of, of Joseph and Mary and they bring baby Jesus into the temple. Now, as they do that, they have got to be wondering what's about to happen. They have heard all kinds of things about their son. They have seen all kinds of things around his birth. They've been told that this is the one that God has sent into the world to bring salvation. And they've got to be wondering, does anybody else see this? They've had a little bit of confirmation along the way, but they're going to the temple. If any place has got to have somebody that recognizes what's happening in this baby, it's got to be here, right? And so they come into the temple and immediately they meet Simeon. Now, we don't know how old Simeon is. Uh, Luke's in, in kind of uh, dangerous territory. He tells us how old Anna is. He does not tell us how old Simeon is. Uh, I don't know what to do with that. We'll talk with Luke at some point about that. Um, we don't know how old he is. We assume he's an older man. He walks to this young couple and he scoops this baby up and he holds him. Now, I don't want us to go past that image very fast because I think that image is super important for Luke and the story he's telling. So I want you to conjure that up. I want you to conjure up some old man, any old man in your life maybe, maybe it's a father or a grandfather or somebody, holding a baby. And all the emotions that might bring for you because I think that's what, that's what Luke is trying to do. He, he wants us to see this moment of this old man holding this little baby. There's a lot packed in to this image. Because Simeon and Anna, who we'll meet later, they represent a group of people, a group of devout Jews who have been waiting faithfully for God to fulfill the promises that he made thousands of years ago. They're waiting to see him fulfill the promises that he made to Abraham, to Israel, that he made through the prophets that said that he would send a Messiah to bring salvation to his people in the time of oppression. And they're waiting on that moment to happen. And now Simeon, who somewhere along the way has been told by God's spirit, you're not gonna die before you see this salvation, before you see this promise kept. 
He comes into the temple that day. It says the spirit led him there. He comes in, he sees this baby, and somehow he just knows this is it. This is it. This is the fulfillment of the promise. So you see what this is. This is Simeon who represents himself and his generation and the generations before him who have waited faithfully on the Lord and this new baby who represents what God's about to do, the fulfillment of that promise. So the, the anticipation of it and the fulfillment of it are wrapped up in this image. The old and the new are wrapped up in this image. There's a, a confirmation here that this Jesus is the one. Mary and Joseph had to be wondering, is everything we've heard right? And they come in and immediately they get a confirmation from this old man, Simeon, who says, yes, this is the one. That's wrapped up in this image. This moment is a moment of deep, deep hope that God is fulfilling the promises that he's made. So for a few moments, what I wanna do is I just want to, to ponder, I want us to reflect on Simeon's hope. And as we do that, maybe something of it resonates with us. And we, we learn about the, the hope that we're called to have. The first thing I want to share, it, it strikes me that Simeon's hope is pointed outward. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, if you look in Luke chapter 2, that's where this, this story is. What, what happens is, um, you know, Simeon scoops this baby up, looks at it, and starts singing or reciting some kind of poetry, because that's what happens in Luke. At the beginning, especially, he's writing a musical. Uh, this is Luke Manuel Miranda. This is, he is, he's writing a musical for the beginning of Jesus's life, and we get these different songs along the way, and this is another one. Um, here's what he says. It says, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. You hear that? He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people, Israel. It's a wild song. Uh, he basically says, okay, God, you can take me now. Um, but notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, you can take me now because I've done everything I want to do. You can take me now because I've got everything figured out. All the boxes are checked and my people are taken care of. Uh, you can take me now. He says, you can take me now because I know for sure, for certain, that you're about to bring salvation to everybody else. Yeah, there's part of it that's about him, but not very much. He has a hope for all the people around him. I don't know if you're like me, you know how hard it is to have hope for other people? All you gotta do is get a driver's license and it starts getting really tested, right? You drive around for any amount of time and you start, wait, man, I wonder about these other folks out here, right? It's easy for us to slip into that. It's easy for us to become cynical and really lose hope in other people. But this hope that Simeon has is a hope for the rest of the world around him, both the, the Israelites and the Gentiles, the nations. He, he, he has a hope for everybody. What would it be like to live life with a deep sense of hope for the people around you? That's what he lives with here. I also notice um, that 
Simeon's hope is realistic. He doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat things. Um, he sings this song, and then there's this moment where he sees Mary, and he feels like he has to say something to Mary. It says this, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him, about Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Way to bring down the mood, Simeon. Right? He speaks these words into Mary's life, young mother, who has seen all kinds of things about her son. And he has, he has said these beautiful things in this song, and then he realizes, yeah, but I got to be honest. Simeon fully believes that God is bringing salvation into the world, but he also knows that the world isn't just going to go, hey, thanks, come save us. He knows that there's going to be opposition. He knows that it's going to be hard. He knows that there's going to be suffering. He knows that there's going to be pain. Simeon's waited too long to think anything other than that. He's experienced all that. He knows. He knows what's coming. And he wants her to know that. And so he tells her, there is going to be opposition to your son. And as a mom, it's going to feel like a sword is piercing your heart. But that doesn't negate the hope that he's speaking into this moment. Simeon's hope believes that even in the moments where it doesn't look like God is working, he's still at work. That he's still going to be the one who keeps his promises. Because, and this is the last thing, ultimately, Simeon's hope is in a God who keeps his promises. He is literally holding the confirmation of that. He is looking into the face of the confirmation of, Jesus, of, of God fulfilling his promises. He's looking down and somehow the, the spirit has helped him to fully recognize this is God fulfilling his promises. And he is convinced of it. So he knows God is a promise keeping God. And so this, even though he's being realistic with Mary, he's still got a deep, deep hope in what God is about to do. Now, um, that hope that Simeon has, I think, is a hope that Luke believes, as he tells this story, is available to us. Luke wants us, the reader, to resonate with this as well. To, to know that, that we can have a hope in a God who keeps his promises. Um, I hesitate to say this a little bit. I wonder if that's, if that's kind of what this moment that I had watching my daughter and this little girl play was about. I wonder if that was the spirit um, reminding me, hey, you can live with some hope in this world. You can live uh, with hope. And I don't want to say that everybody will have these exact kinds of experiences. I do think that there are times that the Spirit uh, reminds us of this hope and helps build us up. I don't think God wants us to, uh, to hope 
um, to look to the future and, and have hope just on our own. He gives us ways of doing that. The question is, can we wait? Because let's be honest, we're still waiting. Yes, we're on the other side of the Jesus story and we know what Jesus does, but we're still waiting on the final fulfillment of those promises, right? The fulfillment that Zach talked a little bit about earlier when Jesus comes back and makes everything new. We're still waiting on that part of it. Yes, we have tasted the forgiveness and the mercy of Jesus, but we're waiting on the final fulfillment of those promises. Can we wait with that hope? And so God gives us these things, these experiences, these things that we can do to help bolster our hope. We did one of them earlier. In our communion time, we, we took these elements that remind us that as a promise-keeping God, God decided to, to, to come into the creation that he made in flesh and blood and walk alongside of us. That he's done that for us. And then in a few months when we talk about Easter, we're going to be reminded of these beautiful symbols of the cross and the empty tomb. As we tell the story of this promise-keeping God who will go to any ends necessary to fulfill his promises, including sacrifice. And then on the other side of that, he defeats the powers of sin and death in the world and sets us free from those. These are beautiful stories, beautiful things that are meant to, to inspire in us, just like this old man holding this baby, a hope that God is keeping his promises. Church, would you please stand? You may notice that I haven't said anything about Anna yet. Uh, I've been saving her for here. I love Anna. Um, what we're told about her in Luke's version is that she, maybe even more so than Simeon, has waited faithfully on God to keep his promises through some of the hardest things you could experience. The loss of a husband, the loss of her status because of that. And yet, for all these years, 84 of them, she has faithfully served God waiting, knowing in her heart that he would fulfill the promises that he's made. And so as Simeon is having this moment with Mary and Joseph, Anna comes along. And I want you to, to hear uh, what Luke tells us about her response. She, Anna, came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. And she began praising God, just like Simeon did. She began praising God. Catch this next part. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. What does she do? She can't stop talking about it. She goes and tells people. The hope that Anna has is a hope to be shared. And that's what she feels called to do in this moment. And so she starts sharing it with all those people that have been waiting like her. Hey, come over here, look at this. I know it sounds crazy, but this is the one. This baby, this is it. This is, the, this is the promises being kept. I know it's wild. We're called to a hope that we can share. 
that we can share with the people around us. In fact, I kind of think, this is my reflection, but I, I think that that's why we're called to worship together. Because think about it. I mean, if you're, if you're singing a song, you're singing the greatest commands like we just did. How fun is that, right? You're singing this song and you look across and you see somebody else singing that truth about the, the, the definition of God's love. You sing songs about God's faithfulness and his promise keeping and you look across the room and somebody else is singing those same songs. There's somebody else that has the same hope as you. There's somebody else that's proclaiming that God is a promise keeping God at the same time as you. I think that is meant, that's purposeful. That's meant to bolster our hope, to keep us living in a hope that is so much bigger than us. That's based not in us or what we can do or anybody else. It's based on what God can do. This is a hope that we want to share. And so if you're here this morning and you want someone to share that hope with you, we want to do that. So right back here at this respond banner, as we sing these next songs, we'll have some of our shepherds there to share that uh, with you. If you want somebody to pray with, please go back there and do that. In these next few moments, as we worship together, Let's worship knowing fully that we have a God who keeps his promises and that our hope is in him. Let's sing.